So I pulled my car into this um, abandoned parking lot in the Boyle Heights neighborhood of L.A. Um, There's like one security guard and then some random people kind of, you know, um, were getting there in their cars. And we all started talking about how we were going to do this haunted house thing and how we didn't know what was going to happen. And it seemed weird. It seemed cool. Um, uh, you know, and everything was interesting. And then this this van showed up and just kind of sat there for three or four or five minutes, and we had no idea what was happening. Uh, then they asked us to sign these forms that uh, said, like, who knows you're here? And what is their name and what is their phone number? And do you have problems being naked in public? Um, then they said, okay, thanks for that. Now step into this van. Uh, so I walked into the van, and there was a, a black hood on the seat, and the guy said, put this on and sit down. And um, I did that, and um, then I got driven around for 10 minutes while classical music played and got left out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, and that's what you do on weekends in Los Angeles, basically. Uh, <laughs> okay, that sounds like the first five minutes of The Bone Collector, but I'll, fun, maybe? <laughs> it actually was uh, the beginning of a very, very fascinating, uh, very cool evening. Um, I just wasn't expecting, you know, masks. Welcome to What's Tech, a podcast about um, technology, usually hosted by Christopher Thomas Plant. Um, Today it's hosted by me, Caitlin Tiffany, because we're going to be talking about Halloween, which is my favorite holiday, and I wrestled control from Chris against his will. Uh, And I'm talking to Brian Bishop, senior entertainment reporter at The Verge, about haunted houses. Hello. Hi, Brian. How's it going? Uh, good. How are you lately? Terrified? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing all kinds of, uh, weird things. October has turned into a month where I'm seeing all kinds of scary things, like pretty much every other night. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't realize how much crazy stuff is out there when you search for it, but there is a cornucopia of amazing scariness that I'm excited to talk about today. Awesome. So you're writing about these things for a series, um, that's appearing on the website and written form. Do you want to explain what it what it is a little bit? Sure. Um, we're calling it The Future of Fear, and it's a, a series on TheVerge.com, a website you listeners may be familiar with. Um, and basically, we're talking about um, what we're kind of terming immersive horror, because there have been haunted houses, and there have been interactive plays and that kind of thing. But over the last five to six years, they've kind of been melding together uh, to become this new weird thing that's part haunted house, part play, um, it basically puts you in the middle of a scary movie. Uh, and like what kind of sounds like whatever, like, you know, that could be fun. It actually is really, really insane, really intense. And in my mind is kind of becoming this new, uh, you know, narrative art form right alongside VR um, with very, very similar mechanics and really kind of similar uh, feelings. But it actually happens in real life where people can touch you. <laughs> put masks on your head. Wow. Cool. Um, so the first one you went to is called The Tension Experience, um, which sounds to me like this nightmarish scenario where you're in like a scary play, but it's also a maze. Uh, yes. Is that accurate? Yeah. Well, The Tension Experience, like this part right now that started in September is just the most recent part. It actually started in February as this insanely elaborate ARG, uh, alternate reality game, where people signed up for this website. Uh, And they became part of um, this thing called the OOA Institute, even though they didn't know what the OOA Institute meant. Um, And it turns out this was a Scientology-influenced, it seemed, organization that worshipped a god named Enoch. 
a knock. No one quite knows for sure. Um, and quickly, people just signed up for a thing. I wasn't part of this, which makes me very sad because it was crazy. But um, uh, they did things like we'd go, you know, meet people in person and had to fill out 200-page questionnaires about, you know, their sexual habits and just like all this really invasive personal stuff. And they would get calls randomly um, from people asking how like their family members were, even though they had never told the people behind this organization who their family members were. And at the time, nobody knew what this thing was, who was creating it. And people thought they really may have been part of some weird cult or just made a terrible life decision uh, and sent up something they thought was going to be fun and was actually a terrible mistake. But it turned out that it was actually um, just the prelude and backstory to this uh, immersive horror experience called the Tension Experience Ascension that was built by um, Darren Lynn Bousman, who's the director of Saw 2, 3, and 4, uh, and also a movie called Repo the Genetic Opera and a couple other movies, and co-written by a guy named Clint Sears. And they basically single-handedly uh, created this like ARG from February till you know early September, and then the actual experience itself takes place in a forty-five thousand square foot warehouse in LA. There are twenty-eight rooms. There's forty actors, and it's this immersive experience where what you do and how you interact with the characters and what you say completely changes the form of the narrative. So you go in, you may only see 20 of the 28 rooms, and if you have a certain conversation with somebody or make a certain choice or reveal something about yourself, you may see a totally different set of rooms than somebody that goes in at the same time as you or another time. And, um, you know, it has elements of standard haunts. There are things that are definitely scary. You touch weird things. People, like, you know, frighten you on a very basic level. But it's also this kind of, like, psychological mind game that really gets in your head. And um, for me, that's what I found fascinating about it. I kind of, like, you know, I've done escape rooms before. That's a part of this, too. Uh, I've done haunted houses before. I haven't done a lot of immersive theater before. And the combination of the tension experience was this deal where it started out where, like, you know, okay, I'm going to play along. I'm in this fake cult. And then it's like, okay, there's some scary stuff happening. Um, but by the end, I don't want to get into too much detail because it's definitely one of those things where you don't know what's coming and that is what makes it, you know, kind of interesting. But at the end, there was this one scene I was part of um, where they pushed some buttons for me emotionally that, frankly, I didn't think you could pull off in this kind of thing. Like, I get affected by movies or books or plays and stuff, but sure. not this kind of thing. Um, and it really kind of got in my head in this this last scene um, and I was kind of like, I just found myself like opening up about ways I felt I had, you know, wronged, you know, friends or family members and like getting really personal. And I'm like, wait a second, like, how is this happening and how did they do it? And that's what's kind of fascinating about it because you think it's just going to be this, you know, uh, you know, goofy thing, but it, they actually do a really, really good job of getting in your head. And for days afterwards, I was kind of like, you know, thinking about this experience, you know, um, you know, night after night after night, and, you know, and I'm going back again because apparently I'm crazy, but just because I want to see what else is out there, and what else you can do. And, and that's what's interesting, I think, about this new class of experience where, you know, they meld, they meld theater, they meld escape rooms, they meld haunted houses into this new art form, basically, um, that can do new things and can manipulate audiences in ways that, you know, mediums we're used to that are so passive kind of can't do. Cool. So you mentioned that this is like a new art form. I I feel like haunted houses in general kind of have a reputation for being like tacky, um, not very scary, or just like tourist traps, like money holes. Um, how how uh, does something like this differentiate it, itself from that? Like, are there things they're doing to make it clear? Like, we consider this like art. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely um it's part of like this larger movement because I think in the '70s when haunted houses got really popular and they would like you know 
you know, it was like the JCs was like the civic organization that would do them for like charity fundraisers and would take over like a field and stuff. And I think that's where like the crappy haunted house, even though that's where they got popular, that's where they kind of took off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then as time went on, you know, in the, um, you had like not scary farm here in LA in the nineties, you had things like universal studios would do like their Halloween horror nights. And that kind of made them fancy, gave them production value, but they were still like really expensive for just walking around a place where people would jump out with a mask and scare you. Right. It's not that exciting. But then what happened in, um, like around 2010 or so you had these, you know, you had on one hand, you had these things called extreme haunted houses, stuff like blackout, which started in New York where they would, you know, physically touch you and really like mess with you physically, emotionally, show you things that are just not okay, you know, waterboard you essentially, like things that are really, really messed up. And that kind of like brought things to a new level of like how real can that experience and how psychological can that experience get. Um, And then you also had these theater productions, things like, you know, Sleep No More, which started in New York, I think in 2011, where, you know, you're walking around like a recreated 1930s hotel. Um, on four or five levels and you're just like watching this play happen. You're bearing witness to this thing and, you know, you create your own experience by what you walk around and see. And so those are like those two different things as like the haunted house field started like to diversify and innovate. And, um, and what was really cool about once that started happening, you kind of bring these together. So something like the tension experience, um, it does a couple things. It's a uh, number one, the production value is insanely high. You go into these rooms and they are beautifully built and designed. It is like walking onto a movie set or even a movie because it's, you know, it's 360. You're actually in the environment. And so you get the sense that you're really, really in a, you know, a, a thought out space instead of just, you know, seeing somebody with a mask talk to you. Uh, and you have like um, really great actors, actually, all the actors in this cast. And a lot of them are like 60 or older, but they're always very present. Um, they have multiple scenes they can be playing against what you do. So it's really about like making you to be present in a moment. Um, but also the thing that's really cool about Tension in particular is that it is tailored to you. When you buy a ticket, they ask for your Facebook um, profile URL. Oh, my and they God. Ask what your, and they ask what your deepest fear is, right? And then they tailor that experience to you. Now, I'm bummed because when I went, I went as press. So I didn't have that lead time. So they didn't do any research on me. But, you know, talking to other people that have done it or people that were part of that ARG, like they like go deep. Like they, you know, if they, if they can check out your social media footprint, they can know who you're friends with, what you do for fun, all this stuff. And they incorporate that into the experience. So it is tailored to you. Um, so it really is about a, you know, putting you at the center of your own personalized experience. And it's not just, you know, something that can happen. They can't, you know, you know, throw like, you know, 300 people a night through this thing, like something like tension between eight and 10 people go, I think at a time there's four or five shows a night and that's it. Like it's very, very personalized, very, very small, um, very specific and unique. Um, it's also why it's kind of expensive. It's like 125 bucks per ticket, I think, mm-hmm. um, which is not cheap. Um, but that kind of, um, you know, that level of individualization and personalization really makes you feel like you're seeing something far past, you know, walking through a room and having a guy in a Freddy sweater jump out at you. So, as somebody who loves Halloween and loves to be scared, why would I want to tell someone like, oh, my deepest fear is the untimely death of my loved ones and then like go to a like a, a warehouse and and have that fear exploited? Like, is that enjoyable? Uh, and, you know, it depends on what you're what you're into, like what's interesting about how the haunted house thing has diversified. And this is kind of what we're getting into with the series is that there's a little bit of everything for everybody. There's a, a piece I saw last weekend called Delusion that's been running in L.A. in various forms since 2011. That is literally like walking into a play that's a vampire story and you're you're a character in that and you're part of it. And my wife does not like scary movies, does not like um, does not like that kind of thing. And, and she went. 
um, just because she's a gamer and will try anything. And um, there was this one moment in that story where somebody, they do this every year, where somebody gets like taken off from the rest of the group and like held hostage by a character in the thing. And I think that they saw that she was nervous. So they took her away and made her part of that part of the section of the show. And so I felt like a terrible human being for bringing her into the situation in the first place, which gave me an interesting emotional experience. But she kind of found it empowering because she got to face that fear, right? Um, so there is something cathartic about all these kind of things. Um, even the extreme haunts like um, like Blackout. Um, there's this documentary we covered at Sundance called The Blackout Experiments, that really intense one I was talking about. People go through that and they find it very cathartic. So it's kind of, you know, what you're game for, what you're interested in. Um, something like tension is interesting because it tiptoes up to the line of some of those extreme things, but it doesn't ever go too far where it's going to really like, you know, melt your mind or, or be terribly offensive, in my opinion. And all these, you know, all these more extreme ones have like a safe word which maybe on its own is going to be intimidating, make people not want to go. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's much more about being immersed inside a story, inside a narrative. And that, to me personally, is much more interesting than just being scared, because that's something we talk about all the time on the site um, about virtual reality. You know, we, people want immersive experiences, right? And I think you see that with the, the rise of VR. You see it in haunted houses, these kind of immersive horror, immersive narrative things. Um, you even see it with people who want to like dress up and go cosplay at a you know at a convention. Um, people are so used to you know having media be a one-way relationship. You know, they watch a TV show, they watch a movie, they read a comic book, and that's all they can do. They can you know go on social media and talk about their experience of watching it, but that's not really being part of the narrative. And so, if you want to take a step further, if you want to know what it's like to actually be within the story or the property that you're excited about, these things allow you that opportunity. And in that sense, I think it's really, really unique. Um, so anybody that's kind of interested in, um, you know, testing their own limits or even seeing if they, you know, like what this stuff is, I think it's definitely worth checking out. And there's, you know, different degrees to things you can do. Like if you don't want to be manhandled, then you can go to something like, um, like Delusion in LA and there's, you know, or go to Sleep No More or go to, you know, other plays in New York. They're, they're happening LA and New York are the hot spots. Um, LA is actually one of the most interesting places because right now um, LA doesn't have the kind of theater scene that New York does. So while a lot of these productions, the concept of them started in New York or in the UK, that LA has become like this breeding ground for a lot of this really interesting work happening because you have um, a vacuum that the theater scene here to itself is not filling and you have all the talent from the film industry. So you have special effects know-how um, and you have actors and all these people waiting to come together. Um, so uh, you know, basically if you're interested in trying something new, um, I think it's a fascinating space and, you know, you'll know quickly whether you like it or not, but, uh, everybody I've kind of gone through one of these things with has really, really interesting takeaways from it, you know, and that can be a wide range of folks. Uh, and I'm very curious cause when I'm going back on the 22nd, I'm bringing a bunch of friends, a lot of whom have not done this kind of stuff before. And I'm really curious to see whether they like it or just want to like hit me afterwards. So oh we'll God, I hope your friendships survive. <laughs> oh man. Um, so wait, what was, what was the safe word? Uh, for tension? Uh-huh. Coward. Dude, though, I, <laughs> that's so mean. Well, I guess it can't be something you're going to say by accident. Like, no, that's actually, no, that's just mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's mean. Well, no, it's definitely like, you know, like, hey, you can get out if you want to be like a wuss and like, you know, do it. Sure. Like, it's like, again, this show is all about pushing buttons. And, but that's what's interesting about it, right? If you want to do that. Because I think the problem with haunted houses in general I feel like we've all done the normal thing, right? And ultimately it's about you walk down a hallway and it's either like an animatronic guy or a person in a mask coming out and scaring you. It's just the jump scare over and over again. Right. And it's like the equivalent of like, okay, 
I can see a movie that has a jump scare and that's going to get boring after a while. Or you can watch a movie that's going to really get into your head. I remember when, um, you know, when Japanese horror films and everybody started watching those and realizing what a kind of rich, you know, you know, industry or genre that was unto itself. Uh, and there were these psychological films that talked about things about technology and stuff, and they really got in your head. And that's exciting, right? That stuff that sticks with you is much more interesting to me than just you know being scared for two seconds. Um, and that's what all these things have the possibility of of doing. And it's um it's a really really interesting space. Sure. Uh, you mentioned that there's like Hollywood um, special effects in these. Like, what is that like? What is the tech the tech like? Is this just like something that like your basic suburban mall haunted house like can't even touch as far as tech, or are they just like using what they have differently? Um, all of them are kind of different. It's interesting if you look back the way this stuff has evolved, because back when it first started, it would literally just be a person in a mask. And then you'd get these, you know, sophisticated, like animatronic things like, you know, in the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, to be honest, is not an example to be dismissed. Like that opened in 1969. And that kind of set the tone for a lot of what we think of as haunted houses coming after that. But, you know, as technology got better and cheaper, you could, you know, people could do more things on their own, homegrown haunts, that kind of stuff. And And something like tension is really fascinating because... That's a purely orchestrated event, right? There is a backstage control control room. They have, you know, cameras in every room. They're monitoring what's happening. They are, you know, people are mic'd, so they're, you know, the, the actors are mic'd, so they people in the control room know what's happening, and they can modify the story in real time. And there are, you know, actors doing things, but there are also, you know, technical effects, practical effects. Uh, that delusion show I was talking about, that's really renowned for having a lot of practical effects, as it was um, started up by a, a person that's a, a stuntman. So there are. There's, there's wire work. There's, you know, people crawling on ceilings. There's people like getting thrown through walls. Like, and you're like, you know, two feet from these people and this stuff is happening. So it's like all these effects are happening in real time and you're right there. And it really brings you that sense of being inside a movie. And so that's kind of like what's really a really neat thing about it. And also there's just things, you know, basic, you know, I was at, a, at a, an escape room last night um, called Trap House LA where they had something very, very basic where it was like this video control board. But that was like integrating with, that was a puzzle you had to solve depending on how to tweak things. And that was um, when that piece goes live, it's going to be part of this, you know, art exhibition in LA. Um, and so that piece is actually going to tie into like art exhibits outside of the outside of the escape room itself. So there's all this interesting opportunity for things to to interact. And also one of the best ways that people get into your head with these things is stuff as simple as text messages, right? Like when you sign up for something, you know, like Alone, which is a, a haunted house here in LA, um, you get text messages a week out, you know, and people start messing with your head that way. Um, wow. Blackout has this experience called 21, where you sign up, you pay them like two bucks, I think. And they will start emailing you and texting you and calling you at all hours of the night with really, really freaky stuff. And it's all designed to get in your head. It's all power of suggestion, or maybe not, as they like to say. Um, they kind of like, they kind of tiptoe the line. They go like, well, we might show up at your house or it might maybe not. Um, oh, God. But this it's like. So, this sounds like they stole this from Pretty Little Liars. Uh, well, you know what it is? It's the game. Like all of this stuff to me feels like the game. And, and Darren Bowsman, when I talked to him for tension, he like mentioned that as a big reference. And all of that stuff is like that where, um, you know, they are using technology to blur the line between fantasy and reality. And that, you know, if you like ARGs, it's the same kind of idea. And that's just like really, really interesting. But but yeah, last night I was uh, I'm playing like chapter two of the Blackout 21 thing. And I was watching this really horrifying video that I honestly cannot describe in a family friendly podcast. Um, <laughs> like outside the house because I got back from this escape room. I'm watching this video because you had to watch this at night because that's what they say. You don't know what's going to happen. And, um, uh, and my wife basically like saw the car outside and knocked on the door 
door and I freaked out because I was like so ratcheted up with tension from this stuff because you don't know. It's all about anticipation. It's all about expectation. And like they're playing with that every single moment. So even small things like texts and emails, um, if they know how to get into your head, uh, they can use those things to really, really mess with you. I mean, I guess it's a good question too. Why would you want to do those things? Um, <laughs> but it's if you like horror movies, if you're a fan of the genre uh, at all, you get super cynical and super jaded. It, it's hard to really be scared or to be surprised or to, to have anything affect you in a new way. And there's something really, really cool if you like being scared, if you find that cathartic for whatever reason, um, there's something really, really cool uh, about having these experiences kind of like bleed over because there's a visceral fear that happens there um, that you kind of don't get from movies, uh, you know, kind of at all anymore. Uh, so it's um, it's it's pretty it's pretty neat. Yeah, <laughs> I probably sound like an insane person right no, now. No, <laughs> it sounds cool. I mean, especially with like texting and things like that. I feel like that's become such a thing, even just in horror movies, because it's so easy to scare people when things like that go wrong. Just because, like, I mean as a consumer, I do not understand how my cell phone works. So like, for all I know, there is a demon inside. I mean, I don't know if my phone has a demon in it. You can easily convince me of that. There actually is a, <laughs> a, a, a demon in your phone. It actually called me earlier. I didn't I didn't know that you knew, so it asked me not to say anything, but now that it's out, I guess it's cool. All right, well, I guess I'll just live with that forever. Um, cool, <laughs> so to wrap things up, we I'm gonna ask you what the scariest thing you've ever seen in your life is in my life yeah i was gonna ask about this year but then i decided no your life <laughs> <laughs> um in my life that's a that's really really difficult i will actually say <laughs> that one of the most upsetting things um to me actually happened during the tension experience and it wasn't scary that thing i talked about earlier where i had that moment where i suddenly realized i was um, like opening up emotionally and vulnerable in ways I wasn't anticipating. Mm -hmm. That was terrifying just because I was talking to these people. They're probably recording everything. Who knows? And you're like, okay, like there's some sort of weird threshold has been crossed at this point. And, um, and who knows what's happening at that point? Who knows where that information is going to go? That was terrifying. But if I was just going to talk like fiction, not real life stuff, my favorite scare of all time is probably Exorcist 3. There's this um, great moment where it's a very, very long shot down a hall. Um, William Peter Blatty directed the movie, and the shot's just locked down at this hall, and you're watching a nurse go in and out and in and out and in and out of a, of a, a hospital room. And uh, it holds on for so long that you're kind of like, you're worried about what's going to happen. And then you get bored. And then you're like, this sucks, guys. What's happening? And then a scare happens. <laughs> and it is like amazing. It's a really, really fantastic moment. And that's one of my favorite just movie scares. But in my life, I don't know. Maybe I'll find it when I go to see Tension for the second time. I'm hoping to find it when I go to see uh, The Rings, the upcoming highly anticipated <laughs> sequel to The Rings series. Three times delayed, which is always a good sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what's, what's cool is that people are interested in this stuff. What's neat about it is that it's become such it's become such a subculture that you can just you know find out more about these productions in your area if you want to. You know, obviously we're going to be writing about in the site more. There's a podcast called My Haunt Life that covers a lot of them. Um, there's one called No Proscenium, which is primarily focused on immersive and interactive theater. And so if anybody's interested in this space at all or likes the idea of having a hood be put over their head and driven around to classical music for 10 minutes, um, those are great resources to check out or just experiment and see what you might be interested in checking out. Awesome. So that that's our sh our show on haunted houses. Um, thank Thanks, Brian, um, for talking to us today. Um, where can people 
read more of your tweets. Thank you for having me. Um, I can read my uh, this series we're doing on Haunted Houses on The Verge, and I'm on Twitter at BC Bishop. Awesome. Um, and also, thank you to Andrew, who edits this show. Andrew! <laughs> okay, that's all. Bye. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba.